1: Hello everyone, Charles Watts here, welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal, it is Thursday, I hope you're all well wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world and you should be because Arsenal are through to the fourth round of the Carabao Cup with that 1-0 win at Brentford last night, interesting game. I thought. So we're going to get stuck into that in today's episode. We'll look at some of the big talking points from it. Look at what Mikel Arteta had to say. Look at some of the performances. And uh, yeah, get stuck right in. So we may as well get cracking right now. And the old classic 1-0 to the Arsenal, wasn't it? As has been every single away game so far this season. Three games, three wins, no goals conceded, three goals scored, 1-0 all the way Good old George Graham type football from the Arsenal. Um, game of two halves, no doubt about it. Arsenal played well in the first half, were on top, played some nice stuff, scored through Reese Nelson um, after Eddie Nketiah sort of seized on a back pass and set him up. Nice calm finish from Nelson to make it 1 0. That Arsenal moved the ball around pretty well in that first half, created some chances. Smith Rowe was getting into pockets. Um, causing some problems, were playing where he was playing, nearly scored a second goal, classic sort of Smith-Rowe, dropping deep, running, combining with Jorginho, driving into the box, setting up a shooting chance, good save by the keeper. Um, And I, I thought they played well, Arsenal. It's kind of controlled pretty much the first half. I thought Brentford had their moments, but on Arsenal, I thought were on top. Second half, completely different, obviously. Brentford came out... um Played with a lot more intensity, really started to go direct, put Arsenal under pressure, as you would expect in a cup competition like this. Brentford at home, a very, very strong team who caused the team's problems every single week in the Premier League. And they had a stronger team out than Arsenal, really. Um, you know, Arsenal made a lot of changes. Brentford, I thought, pretty much, you know, very close to, to full strength. And they really went for it in that second half. And Arsenal had to hang on. And they hung on very, very well. Defended really well, played as they have done away from home all season, really. When you you compare Arsenal, their defensive performance and how switched on and alert and determined they are to keep the ball out of their net away from home. (laughs) And then you sort of contrast that with what they're doing at the Emirates at the moment. It's so bizarre how they just seem to protect their clean sheet with their lives away from home. But at the Emirates, they seem determined just to throw it away really, really easily. So you just kind of wish they could transform these away performances defensively to the Emirates and they'd be sitting there with, you know, having won every single game so far this season because they defended really well yesterday. Um, You know, you kind of look at the stats at the end of the game and and, um, Brentford obviously dominating in terms of the shots and most of those, I haven't actually looked at how many of those came in the second half, but a lot of them would have come in the second half when they really started to turn on the pressure. Four of them on target, you know, Arsenal dominating possession, more passes, better pass accuracy, um, have more corners. But when it came to sort of really getting shots on goal in that second half, Brentford really stepped up the pressure and put Arsenal um under a lot of it and um you know some big performance defensively from Arsenal you know Tommy Asu played at centre back alongside Gabriel Kivior moved to left back uh Ben White stayed at right back Havertz was the kind of protecting midfielder and you know I thought the defenders they really did come into their own in that second half especially Tommy Asu, Gabriel Kivior I thought were absolutely excellent. They really were um and Ramsdale made a couple of really good saves back in the side in place of David Raya as you as we were all expecting he would be you know he was getting a fair bit of abuse from the Brentford fans who were kind of reminding him of what's going on at the moment in terms of the goalkeeping situation at Arsenal we had to deal with that all game and he did it really well typical you know of Aaron Ramsdale he thrived on it almost you saw him and he made that brilliant save in the second half when he tipped tipped the shot onto the post you know the ball was still in his penalty area and he was turned and he turned around and was celebrating in front of the Brentford fans, you know, classic Aaron Ramsdale. He made a couple of really big saves. That was no doubt the best one of the lot, the, the one that he tipped onto the post. Fantastic save. Um, other than that, he had one from distance, which was a comfortable save, but he pushed it out well. When he was beaten uh, late on, Kivior came sliding in and made that brilliant block. i still not sure... At the time I wasn't sure, and looking at it on the replays, I'm still not entirely convinced that was definitely going in. It might have been hit in the post, but you know, Kivio wasn't to know that, and we're ultimately we're not going to know that. But um he got us cut out the um the chances of it happening anyway, and really sort of threw himself at it, ended up blocking it with his backside, I think. But it was a you know, it was a kind of block that typified Arsenal's performance in that second half. I thought they were really, really determined to um keep that clean sheet. It was a great picture of Gabrielle celebrating with Ramsdale when Ramsdale's made that save that he's tipped onto the post, I think. And um, you could just see the determination in, in their faces. They wanted that clean sheet. They were absolutely determined to get it. And uh, and ultimately, they did. And it was a yeah, really, really good performance from Arsenal, sort of defensively, I thought, in that second half, even if they did fall away a little bit in the attacking sense, but I think that was more down to just Brentford turning it on a little bit. And Arsenal had a lead to protect and cup football. It was only 90 minutes as well. Obviously, you know, there's no extra time. It's going to go straight to penalties if it ends in a draw. And Arsenal really sort of were determined to hold on to that, to hold on to that lead. And I think they deserve a lot of credit for the way they did it. When you look at what Mikel had to say after the game, not surprising, he was happy. He said, "Really happy." In this competition, you're either in or you're out. Oh, no, sorry, you're either out, yeah, in or out, and we're in. Um, not exactly rocket science there Mikel it's a uh, cup competition Uh, two very different halves in the first we had a lot of control and scored the goal and we had some chances to put away which we didn't and in the second half they had more aggressive approach as well we struggled to progress the ball and travel together we were too direct and then it becomes a difficult game because there are a lot of duels there's free kicks and long throws you have to defend every time and bring everybody back to try and get out and win territory from there they are really good at that when we don't play that well you need to have some big defensive moments, and we had them. We had some big blocks in the box, and Aaron making a big save there as well. I think he's right there. You could see how that game in the second half, it just transformed into the type of game that Brentford like. All these stop-start moments, like Mikel says, the long throws that they could constantly throw into the, deep into the box, the free kicks that were being given away, so they could constantly get balls up in and around Arsenal's final third. And as Mikel says, Arsenal had to drop deep to try and deal with those. And then when you've got so many players dropping deep to deal with those kind of set-play situations it's really hard to progress the ball forward and break with much intent. They did do it once in that second half when Havertz did well, got down the left, cut the ball back, and Reece Nelson had that chance, which he dragged just past the far post. Eddie Nketiah having one shot as well. that went straight at the goalkeeper. But other than that, it was pretty much one-way traffic in that second half um, because of the way the sort of game panned out and Arsenal had to deal with it. And they, and they did it really, really well. And, you know, Mikel was right to flag up. Here's that picture. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the picture I'm talking about with Gabrielle in the background and Aaron Ramsdale sticking his tongue out at the Brentford fans after he's made that save. And you um, could just see what it meant to them all and how determined they were. And when Mikel was asked about Ramsdale, he said he's been exceptional around the place with the situation. And like everybody, like Jacob, he played really well. Tommy Asu, Georgie, what happened three days ago, he reacted and played a really good game. Reese, who hasn't started many games, scoring the goal with Emil. And for Charles, it was a big day for him. Uh, it's great to have an academy player with us a lot of positives to take there's always a lot of things to improve as well he was asked about Ramsdale and the support he was receiving he said we love him more um, for sure we have him every day we know him we know his character we know what it brings to the team we're really happy to have him there was a quote as well he was kind of asked you know like are you surprised in how he performed or something like that and he said well no you know I'm the player who, I'm the manager who signed him when no one else believed in him so you know he knows what he's all about and And he does. Obviously, this is a difficult situation for Ramsdale. And it's an interesting one for us all to sort of watch on and observe in terms of what's happening with the goalkeepers. But um, I think, as I've said it before, ultimately, however this pans out long term, you know, and I have my thoughts about how it's going to pan out long term, but how, you know, for now, for this season anyway, I just think Arsenal are in such a good position that they've got two top quality goalkeepers to call upon where you can do what Mikel did yesterday and take one out and put another one in and he can produce the type of performance that Aaron Ramsdale did. And hopefully they're going to really push each other um, to sort of stay at this level all season so it doesn't matter who is in goal. But yeah, I thought Ramsdale did very, very well yesterday. I thought Mikel was really right to um, sort of highlight Jorginho as well. He played in that sixth row and I thought Jorginho had a really good game, especially after what happened at the weekend. You know, he was captain last night and he would have wanted to prove a point that I thought he played very, very well, as he has done pretty much from the moment he's walked through the door and signed for Chelsea. Yes, he made a big mistake at the weekend, but, you know, he's, a, he's been a very good signing in my view and continues to be a very good player. And when he comes in and he plays like he did last night, you know, I think it says it all about the type of player he is as well, especially sort of bouncing back from that um, disappointment of what happened against uh, Spurs at the weekend. So, my predicted 11 yesterday, which I was determined, which I was absolutely adamant was going to be very wrong. It actually wasn't. I mean, it was wrong. but It wasn't as wrong as I thought it was going to be. But I put Amore Ocosia-Dubri and I thought he might play one of the academy boys out wide. I thought it would be Ocosia-Dubri. But he went with Charles Sogo Jr., which um, was a big surprise, I thought. And I think lots of people thought, thought it was a big surprise as well. But he played. Played all right. You know, neat and tidy. Didn't do anything spectacular, but didn't do anything poor or anything i thought he, you know he played his part while he was on the pitch and um you know a really special moment for him to make his debut as a 19 year old having been at the club uh for a few years now came he came from someone when he was about 15 i can't remember off the top of my head who he came from now i should remember that i can't it might be chelsea or i can't remember but um yeah he's progressed through and now he's made his debut So a big moment for him it was a light, nice moment at the end when my you know guys sort of pushed him over to uh celebrate in front of the away fans and uh, and he got a really big cheer so that was very nice he was asked about the debut and giving it to charles and he said obviously the context of the situation we had a lot of injured players helped by the poss- um, help the possibility but every time we can we have to look at our academy and give chances charles was probably one of the most consistent performers we've had in the under 23s for a few months he's been training with us quite a lot and it's about giving opportunities to people if we didn't give it today we we're going to give opportunities youngsters i'm really happy that he had a good experience when he asked what sort of player he is, if he a winger, plays right or left, he played as a nine as well this season for quite a lot of minutes. He's vers- quite versatile in those positions, and it's great to have him around and see how he develops. So, yeah, really good uh, moment for him, which I'm sure he will certainly treasure for a long, long time. And Emil Smith-Rowe started a game. 499 days after his last night for Arsenal, he got his chance yesterday. And I thought, certainly in that first half, um, he did... Well, and he showed some glimpses, you know, why it's so many of us are desperate to see Smith Rowe get more opportunities. He's just got something a little bit different, I think, than anyone else. Havertz started again last night. Um, didn't, again, I didn't think he did anything bad by any means, guy Havertz. So I thought he did all right. I'm sure Mikel Artel was probably pretty happy with his performance, helped out a lot defensively, got forward when he could, set up a good chance for Reese Nelson in the second half. Um, but, you know, he's still, I mean, he could. Emil played on the right side at eight. So you had Jorginho and then you had Emil and Havertz ahead of him. Havertz was more on the left and Emil was on the right. And there was just some moments, especially that one when he got the shot that was saved and he dropped deep, got the ball and then just drove forward of real intent, laid the ball off to Jorginho, carried on the run into the penalty air, showed some good feet to get around his man and get shot away. It's just that type of thing that Arsenal don't really have from those midfielders. Even, you know, Martin Odegaard doesn't, You know, I see him more as a sort of link player and the player outside the box getting shots. That person who drives into the penalty area like that when the defence is all facing him and he's not afraid to run at them and get, you know, pull players apart, charge into the space that you can see. And I thought he did that really well in that first half and he was really unlucky not to score. Mikel said, I think he had some good moments in the first half Um And the way he was developing with his qualities in the game, we started to play after five or 10 minutes in the second half. And then he was struggling more physically, still not there to play 90 minutes. We have to bear in mind that we have four or five players in that field. And that was a big concern for us today in the lineup because we have seven at Colney that are now out. He said afterwards, you know, he was asked if he was injured at the end. Smith Rowe, he said he did pick up a knock, but it wasn't because of that that. I took him off. We had to manage his minutes. His load has seen a big spike in the last two weeks as well when he was struggling to finish the game. The same with Reese. He was asked about what Smith-Rowe can bring to the team. So he's very versatile. You can see when he's running with the ball, the capacity he's got to combine in short spaces, arrive in the box. He's got different qualities to the other attack midfielders. He's great to have him. We need him at his best. And now he's starting to get some rhythm and minutes, which is really good for the team. The important thing after all of that, though, is to carry on giving him minutes so he can continue to get rhythm, continue to get better, to build his match fitness up so he can play for 90 minutes. That's what I want to see now from Miguel Arteta is to give him chances. We saw, it's no secret what Smith Rowe can do on the pitch. We've all seen it. We were all there two seasons ago and saw what he could do. And just watching yesterday, you could see what he could do and the difference he can make. So I just really hope that we start to see more of it. The interesting that Mikel says at the end of that line at the top says, we have seven um, at Colney now that are not fit. And that's like, that's one extra really, than we're all expecting. And although it wasn't confirmed yesterday, you do look at why Fabio Vieira wasn't, uh, why he wasn't involved. I can't imagine, and this is just opinion. I haven't got any information on what's wrong with Fabio Vieira. But when you look at that, I can't imagine Mikel's just given Fabio Vieira the night off. He's not, you know, I know Saliba wasn't involved. Hopefully that was just, he was given a night off because he deserves it. Because it's William Saliba, you want to desperate to protect him. I don't think Fabio Vieira falls into the same category as William Saliba, where it's like, he's got to play. We've got to wrap him up in cotton wool. I think if Fabio Vieira's fit, I think he's surely involved last night. So the fact he wasn't there and Mikel seems to say there's now seven injured, when we knew about six before, now there's seven Makes me think maybe there's something wrong with Fabio Vera. I'm sure we'll find out as we get closer towards the Bournemouth game. Mikel will be having his press conference uh, in the next couple of days. Maybe we'll find out a little bit more about that. Hopefully it's nothing serious. If he, if there was a slight injury concern with Fabio and that he can come back. But if he isn't, if he's not fit, then I saw enough from Emil Smith-Rowe providing he's fine after in terms of this knock that he apparently picked up. Um, I saw enough from Emma Smith-Rowe against Brentford to think he should be have a really good chance of starting at Bournemouth, in my opinion, at the weekend. <laughs> um, just for hear one from Brian Kennedy, has got in touch. He's, Hi Charles, how good was Tommy Asu last night? He looked right at home at centre-back, plus all the stick Havertz gets, I feel he'd done well last night defensively. Yeah, agree about Havertz, as I said. I thought Havertz you know, didn't do anything wrong last night. I thought he really did help out and produced a decent enough performance. That's still not going to be enough for a lot of people and I understand that because... You don't want to pay 65 million for an attacking midfielder and then just say, oh, he did all right defensively. He needs to start doing more in the final third. Um, almost got an assist yesterday. I'm lucky not to when Reese Nelson dragged that shot wide, but we still want to see more from uh, Kai in an attacking sense. But I don't think he did anything wrong last night. I thought he was fine. I didn't think he was bad. Um, so yeah, I thought he did well, but Tommy Asu, I thought was excellent. Tommy Asu, Kivior, and Gabriel were just all excellent. You could have, and actually, Aaron Ramsdale as well. All four of those, you could have just, you know, put all their names into a hat and plucked them out. I think and given a man a match for the four of them. I thought they were very, very good. They threw their bodies on the line. I've talked already about Kibio's block. Tommy Asu did some of them as well. Um, he he does look very, very good at centre back. I have to admit, he's obviously played very well there for Japan. When I saw the lineup yesterday, I thought, oh, probably it's going to be Ben White alongside Gabriel and Tommy Asu at right back. But it wasn't. Ben White stuck out at right back and and Tommy played at centre-back, and um, he just delivered a type of performance that we've all seen from him when he plays for Japan, and he's just such a versatile player. You know, you can play him at right-back, at left-back, at centre-back, and you just know you're going to get a decent seven out of ten at least performance out of Tommy Asu. He's such an important player in this squad, so versatile. As long as he can stay injury-free, touch wood, then, you know, he's such a handy player for Mikel Arteta to have around, and I thought he was really good yesterday. And as I said, although four players could have easily been named player of the match after the, after the game, I'm not surprised to see Tommy Asu was voted it by the fans because he's played really, really well and um, you know played a big part in Arsenal booking their spot in the next round. And now they're going to be playing West Ham in the fourth round. The Declan Rice derby, <laughs> if whether Declan Rice actually plays in it, remains to be seen. Even if he's fit, he might not play in it. We'll see what Mikel Varteta does. Well, if he does, if he is involved, he might be on the bench. I'm sure West Ham are going to be really up for that. It's not the nicest of draws for Arsenal. You know, there was other kind of draws out there when you look at it. Um, you know, but ultimately, it's away from home, so it should be a clean sheet. The way Arsenal are playing at the moment, some other interesting ties. Man United have got home game against Newcastle, so one of those two are going to go out. Um, Man City went out yesterday. You know, a lot of people sitting here saying, oh, Arsenal's performance was rubbish against Brentford. But look, City went out. They played well for the first half up at Newcastle and then got rolled over by Newcastle in the second half when they couldn't deal with their intensity. Um, Obviously, Newcastle are a very strong team at the moment, but Brentford are a, uh, a good team as well. So it's a cup competition. It's all about getting through. Arsenal did that and City haven't. And they're out and then they're not going to be winning the Carabao Cup this year. And we'll see what happens later on in the competition but Arsenal through to the fourth round where they will meet West Ham anything you've heard or disagreed with agreed with in this video please do let me know in the comments below uh if you've got any sort of thoughts ahead of the game against Bournemouth you know has anyone played their way into your starting 11 for that Bournemouth game where you so impressed with them last night you think they should start Tommy Asu Smith Rowe someone like that let me know in the comments below any comment uh, any questions opinions you may have at anything Arsenal I'll try and include some of them in tomorrow's show. Right, that's it for me, everyone. Thank you very much for watching. Once again, I do appreciate it. Have a very good Thursday, wherever you're watching or listening to this episode of Inside Arsenal, around the world. I'll be back tomorrow once again as we head towards the weekend. Have a great day, everyone. Speak to you soon.